Welcome to Ask the Dean. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I'm the co-founder of MAPT. I'm joined every week by Rachel Grubbs, the other co-founder of MAPT, who has 20 years experience in the pre-med and test prep world, and by Dr. Scott Wright, former executive director of TMDSAS and former director of admissions at UT Southwestern Medical School. Ask the Dean is a weekly Q&A we do live exclusively for our MAPT members, and this podcast is a recording of that session so that everyone can benefit from that knowledge. Let the knowledge flow. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to pre-med office hours. Uh, this is February the 8th, 2023. We are here. We are real. We are excited. <laughs> I am a robot. We are, we are not... <laughs> Uh, taped or we are live in person in your living room or whatever. Um, <laughs> now, I'm Dr. Scott Wright, and uh, we are here as we are almost every Wednesday of the year to answer your questions. And I uh, want to greet you and thank you for joining us today and hope that, uh, hope that uh, we get to your questions and answer them today. And, and uh, let me introduce and have... Uh, have them introduce themselves, my my uh, esteemed colleagues uh, today. First of all, uh, Verenia Granham, a wonderful colleague and friend from Long Island, New York. How are <laughs> yes. you, Verenia? I am doing great, live in the flesh, not right. chat GPT. I am not an AI. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I am here, happy to be here, mm. um, talking to you folks and, and our students and our applicants potentially yeah. looking forward to it yeah absolutely and then also of course we have the wonderful esteemable ceo chairman of the board and <laughs> all around wonderful guy uh dr ryan gray hello yeah, my yeah. friend how are you no, no. my my eyelid is twitching i don't know if you get ever get that oh, but so if you see me poking in my eye, I'm just trying yeah. to get Well, we can't out. see it twitching. Mine too. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm good. I'm good. Having fun. Ready to answer some questions. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we are here, as I said, every Wednesday to answer your questions. So you can uh, submit your questions uh, via the various uh, means that you pretty much all know about through YouTube TV and uh, Facebook and variety of other ways i suppose myspace and myspace yeah right <laughs> uh, yeah probably not check in on foursquare yeah <laughs> so uh anyway we'll answer we'll get to uh we'll get to your questions and and uh, answer them today but uh so let's jump right in and uh and get to uh get some to uh some uh some questions to uh to answer so uh Let's see. We'll do this one first. Uh, this is Shahada, I guess. Uh, I'm a non-trad in my 30s, leaving construction. Previous degrees are in civil engineering and construction management. Any tips for my app to stand out? Well, this is a huge uh, general question. Uh, and I think uh, we can answer in, in some general ways about... Uh, particular things to do to make your application stand out. Verenia, what are your thoughts about how does an applicant make their application stand out? Sure, sure. So first of all, congratulations for making this decision. Um, coming from such a different background, your 
insight, your experiences will be unique in and of themselves. Um, but really what's going to make your application stand out, and I'm using air quotes, is your why. Why are you doing this? What's your motivation for, for wanting to pursue medicine? Keep that front and center, articulate that. Um, hopefully you've been doing what you need to do to kind of show yourself that this is why you wanna do this um, and, and articulate that and, and really reflect on your experiences and what has gotten you to this point. Um, that's really what medical schools are looking for. What's your story? We say it mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ryan, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I say this all the time. Like, I, I don't like the question, how do I stand out? I think it's mm -hmm. impossible, right? That this question stems from, hey, I'm a non-trad. I'm leaving construction. I've done all this stuff. How do I use that to stand out on my application? And, and my answer is, it already stands out, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's different because it's your specific journey. And so you don't need to force anything because it's, it's you. Um, I, I had this exact conversation with one of our Application Academy members. Uh, Scott, I think maybe you talked to him. He's 53, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. A retired captain from the Air Force, former yep. F-16 fighter pilot. He's like, how yep. do I how do I use that to my advantage? I'm like, you don't. Like it immediately is just different and cool. Mm -hmm. And and you just you just tell your story. Um, and so I think it just goes to my general um, idea of what an application should be. It shouldn't be this over the top, I'm going to show you how being right. a civil engineer mm -hmm. is going to help me be a doctor. Like, just be you. And yeah. and that alone will allow someone to connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. I yep. completely agree with that. That's tell your story. We, we say it all the time mm -hmm. in all of our sessions, in all of these forums, tell your story. Your story is your story. Yep. It's one else's story. If you'll tell your story, that's going to have, that's how you stand out. So good. yeah. Good point. Good point. All right. Uh, that's a great. First question. How about another one? Carrie Grant. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He's alive. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm sure you never get that. Uh, yeah. Carrie, so. They probably don't know. <laughs> Us old people know who Carrie right. Grant is. Uh, if, if I already paid the deposit at one of my pre-matched Texas schools, does it mean that I'm committed to attend that school, even though I rank it lower on my rank list. This is a, a very typical question for uh, um, in the Texas system of, of matching and stuff like that. And so the short answer carried to your question is no. Uh, even though you've paid the deposit, uh, that does not mean if you ranked that school lower and you get an offer from a higher ranked school, then you have the choice. It becomes your choice at that point. Do you want to stick with the school that you got the original offer at, or do you want to withdraw from that school and, and choose the school that you had ranked higher uh, uh, for? And, and this, you know, it happens both ways. Sometimes students will say, yes, I want my higher ranked school. They'll withdraw from the, the initial offer that they got and they'll go with the higher ranked school. Other times, depending on what, what time of the season it is, they've already got an apartment in the other city and they've got, you know, they've sort of connected with classmates and stuff through the various things that happen. And so they end up just wanting to stick with the original school that they've gotten the offer, but it is up to you. You do not have, you're not committed uh, to that, even though you've paid the deposit, 
uh, you'll yep. you'll be able to uh, to make that switch. And Scott, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I actually recorded some videos on this recently for our academy members. That is true in terms of hey, I I interviewed at three schools. I have three acceptances. I put deposits down on all three schools. None of those deposits are committing to the school until the match list. And then if the if that student ranks one school higher, that's more of a committal because yes, of the match list. That's correct. If you in the match itself in February, you know, it's usually around first of March or mm -hmm. end of uh, February, uh, in the match itself, uh, you know, your rankings will dictate that. Yeah. And so you, if you rank the school, you know, you uh, interviewed at three schools and you ranked school X as your highest ranked school and you got it, then you're going to be automatically withdrawn yeah. from the two lower ones that you There's had no lower. take backs there. No, that's correct. Yeah. Because it's based on your preferences that correct. you entered. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Good. Good question, Carrie. Thank you. All right. Uh, we've got another one, I think. Wyatt. How's it going? I'm not even going to try that last name. I'll just say Wyatt. Uh, I'm going to ask a former TA grad student for a letter of recommendation. Should I get a professor to co-sign the letter or does it not matter? Uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts about this? I mean, this is a, a not an unusual question with regard to letters from a, a TA or a grad student or somebody that's not the you know yeah. professor of record. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, unfortunately, it's it's like this um, double thing that we say of like the the prestige or the the title of the person doesn't matter um, in terms of are they like the president of the university or whatever. Um, it's who knows you the best. And very often in these situations, it's going to be a TA or a grad student who's running smaller lectures yep. or, or QA sessions, whatever, mm -hmm. um, that's going to know you the best. And the requirements from the med school are professor letter of recommendations. Mm -hmm. And so it's this like, it doesn't matter, but it does. Um, yeah. So I would, I would get a professor to, to probably sign it, <laughs> have mm -hmm. the grad student write it and have the professor sign it. Mm -hmm. Um in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, you know, if the professor's not willing to just sign it on their own, a co, you know, co-signing it with the grad student is fine. But, uh, I think, uh, definitely I agree with, agree Ryan completely. So that's awesome. Hope that's helpful. Wyatt. Um, all right, Nelson, Nelson Antonio Reyes, if you reapply, but your setback is an MCAT score, do you guys suggest recrafting from scratch your personal statement? <laughs> so, Verenia, this is a, a pretty common question mm -hmm. from reapplicants. Uh, what do I do with my old personal statement? Do I need to rewrite it? Whatever. What are your thoughts here? No, you don't. <laughs> You're saying your, your setback was the MCAT score, then focus on fixing that. Um, your story is your story, your why medicine, as long as you've addressed that in your personal statement. I don't know when, how far back you applied. Maybe you've had some new insights or maybe new experiences that you want to talk about in your personal statement, but it's not necessary to start from scratch. Yeah. So, so notice like the, the, the answer that you gave is you don't have to start from scratch. That doesn't mean you don't massage or right. potentially right. just put new eyes on it and go, ah, I don't think I would say that way in this, mm -hmm. like that specific way 
and just massage as, as best you can. Yeah. And as you mentioned, right, you may have a new experience right. that you're like, oh, I want to write about this because I think mm-hmm. I can reflect on it better. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, good. That's a good point. Good point. Yeah. All right, good. I hope that's helpful, Nelson. Uh, Chinny 4B. Chinny 4B. <laughs> I have an undergraduate degree in biotechnology from India and an MBA from the USA. Do I have to do undergrad studies in the USA in order to apply? I am doing my prereqs at a community college. So this is a this is a fairly common question for those who have uh, done undergraduate studies outside the United States. Ryan, you were kind of shaking your head there. What what do you what do you think? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, we are very elitist when it comes to (laughs) education. Um, the far majority of schools are going to want to see education credits, undergraduate credits from, uh, us or Canadian schools. Uh, luckily our friends up North are, are, are saved from this. Like my, my wife, for example, went to a Canadian undergrad and is they, the med schools here in the U S don't, don't care about that, but they're not going to like the classes from outside of, mm-hmm. of our two countries. So um, I, I have a friend who's one of the blueprint tutors. He went to school in England, uh, very prestigious university in England. And they're like, yeah, no, wow. he found a few schools that would accept 30 credits of us credits mm-hmm. versus the, the standard mm-hmm. we always mm-hmm. see in here is, is 90 credits, mm-hmm. which is basically mm-hmm. a whole nother degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's one of those questions of do we need to be so elitist when it comes to that or not? But that's just mm-hmm. the way it is for now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and, and it, so, <clears throat> Chinny, I think that the, the, the news is not good, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I think just doing your prereqs at a community college is not going to mm-hmm. satisfy the requirement for most of the medical schools in the U.S. And I think you're going to need to set your set your goal at uh, 90 uh, you know, 90 credit hours, if you want to apply pretty broadly, yeah. then uh, then you'll have to do the prereqs at a community college and then move on to a university to get some some additional credits. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those situations where make lots of phone calls, send lots mm-hmm. of emails. You you may find a, uh, a lenient ear go, yeah, we, we would definitely look at your application. Yeah. So. Yep. Good. Good questions today so far. So that's awesome. Uh, all right, Faith. Um, what advice do you have for writing activity descriptions when you don't have a specific story for the activity? Yeah, this is a this is a really good question. I think because uh, we we typically you know suggest that that even in the activity descriptions, you know, telling some level of a story uh, can be with uh, reflection. With <laughs> reflection, uh, can be a really great thing to do. Verenia, what what are your thoughts here when maybe there's no story to tell? Yeah, not every activity will lend itself to um, to a story with reflection. Um, some activities are just more based on your contribution to you know how you impacted um, quantity, like amounts and things like that that you you know uh, helped an organization increase their. Yeah, membership, whatever it is, right? Um, so you approach it from that perspective. Other things like shadowing or awards and publications, that's just a simple list. Um, where you do want to try to show impact is if an acti- if you were really engaged in that activity and you really, um, it, it, you know, it helped you in some way, that's where you really want to kind of bring in a, an, an, an anecdote, I'm sorry, to highlight that impact and kind of reflect on that and how it impacted you. 
Other things, like I said, you just, maybe it's you were part of an organization where you helped raise a lot of money. You talk about that aspect of it, where you, how much you mm -hmm. raised for that organization and things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now, and I, I think especially for the uh, three most meaningful you know, obviously on these three, you know, there, there's going to be a, a greater level of detail mm -hmm. uh, in the additional essay and as well as the activity description. And so in those cases, I think it is pretty important to be able to go into, you know, maybe a, an anecdote, as yeah. you said, uh, Verenia, or uh, or some level of, you know, pretty detailed reflection mm -hmm. on, on kind of what that was about for you. So yeah. good. Little, a little pitch here. We, we almost never talk about services that we offer, but we have mm -hmm. Application Academy where yeah. 10 sessions a week, uh, typically I'm doing two, Verini, you're doing two, Scott, mm -hmm. you're doing two. We have Courtney and Rachel also doing two each. Um, 10 sessions a week for a year long, helping you through your applications, uh, personal statements, activity writing. We uh, have you submit parts of your application. We review them live in our office hours. So go check it out, applicationacademy.com. Yeah, and you can start at any point. Yep. Yep. Join yep. anytime. Yep. Good. Good. That's a good good comment there. Good plug. Um, good. Another question. Carmen, does it look bad if I take one semester off? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, oh my, what are you thinking, Carmen? Good grief. No, I'm kidding. Uh, totally kidding, Carmen. That, you know, I, I think that uh, – what what you what I would say is that you don't have to worry about that. What what I think is going to be more important, and what you're going to have to answer in the in the application is why. You know, mm -hmm. if there if there's a stoppage in your educational process, uh, often the medical schools are going to want to know. You know, what, what was that about? What was going on? And so you need to be able to address that. Maybe it was for financial reasons. Maybe there were health concerns. Maybe you were doing something to take care of a family member or, you know, there could be a variety of reasons why you might uh, need to take a semester off. Uh, and so in, in general, it does not look bad. Uh, so I would say, you know, a, a lot of it is just based on why and your ability to articulate that. Yeah. I was talking to a parent yesterday uh, and the parent, um, <laughs> the nervous Nellies that, that parents are, um, like her, her comment was basically like, oh my gosh, my kid didn't get into this like BSMD program where it's a guaranteed admission, no MCAT, you just have to maintain like a 3.5. My um, my kid didn't get into that and now they're going to have to be perfect. And I was like, who told you that, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to be perfect right. as a pre-med to get into medical school. And it's this like, this, this um, level of expectation that everyone is setting mm -hmm. Outside of the medical schools, right? The mm -hmm. med school adcoms mm -hmm. aren't setting this expectation. Mm -hmm. Like, who's setting this expectation? Everyone's mm -hmm. coming in. Like, I have to be perfect. I can't take time off. I can't yeah. get a B. I can't get like. No, it's the perception yeah. of, and we talked yeah. about this before. I think Ryan, yeah. you and I, during a podcast, this perception of you have to be perfect, and yeah. you know, life is messy. <laughs> yep. Some of that stuff is what actually helps you understand life and understand what mm -hmm. it means to take care of people. Mm -hmm. So it's not about perfection. It's just about relating to people, understanding why you want to help people and, and wanting to help people in the first mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. um, so no, no perfection. Yeah. And I would like to say two things about that. One of which is 
I like to say it's not about perfection. It is about authenticity. Be authentic mm -hmm. in your application. If you took a semester off, then you be authentic and tell what was going on. If the, if you're, you know, if you had a bad semester, you know, whatever, you want to be authentic in your application. That's just what the medical schools are are really wanting to see is yeah. authenticity. It's so. it's so funny in in the application academy. Typically, it comes up in the interview prep when we do when we do interview mm-hmm. prep, mm-hmm. and and I'll ask a question about something. I'm like, how was that? And the students like. It was actually good. It was it was easy. I'm like, well, why was it easy? And they're like, because it was the truth. I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah, imagine hey, that. How is that? Ding, imagine ding, that. Ding, 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 ding. If you're not trying to put on this face of like, oh, I have to tell them exactly what they want to hear, and you're just like, here's my truth, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's so much easier. And and Carmen, like, if you take a semester off, and a lot of secondary essays will ask, like, mm-hmm. if you've had any break in your education, let us know why. You just tell the truth, like. Yeah. I needed to take a break and then I came back. Yep. There you go. Yep. There you go. And the other thing I would say about this, uh, Carmen and to, to the rest of the, of the, those listening is this often where, and, and this goes back to what you were saying, Ryan, about, you know, having to be perfect or whatever. Uh, often you will see this as well as other erroneous information on Reddit and on Student Doctor Network. And so here is encouragement, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, either avoid those forums or if you're going to go to those forums, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. You have yeah. to say, I have got to verify this information with knowledgeable, known resources that I can know that this is accurate or not and uh, because there is so much information on there that is not accurate and there's also a lot of information that is all it's going to do is hyper sensitize you and, and, and give you lots of anxiety and so I, I have a feeling that the pharma companies have reps on there that are like trying to push anti-anxiety medications. Right. Like, let's go on the SDN forums and make people more anxious. Right. <laughs> so loft. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's funny. All right. I hope that's helpful, Carmen. Um, good. How about another question? Isabella. I uh, just wanted to let y'all know that I pre-matched to my dream school. Woohoo! Wanted to thank uh, yours truly in particular. <laughs> Yay! I did a mock interview with him. And he was super helpful. Thank you, Isabella, for the shout out and congratulations to you. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. We love celebrating with our students yeah, when they get in. It. And this is this is just a really wonderful uh, to hear this. And so congrats uh, to you. This is uh Wow, I can't. It just gives me chill bumps every Aww. time I see something like this. These, so. these are good dopamine hits. When we yeah, absolutely. Students. absolutely. And if Thank you would you. like a mock interview session with Dr. Yeah. Scott Wright, go That's to medicalschoolhq.net, right. click on the yeah. advising tab, and check out all the amazing things yeah. that we can do. Yeah. Right? Our, our mission here is to give you all of the information you need for free. Uh, that's why we're here every week doing pre-med office hours. That's why I do all of the podcasts for free. And there are always some of you that want to work one-on-one with us um, or in a group setting like Application Academy. And so um, you can go check us out, medicalschoolhq.net. We're <laughs> throwing up all the stuff. Um, uh, medicalschoolhq.net. Check out how we can help you. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Good. 
All right, another question. Thank you again, Isabella. That was wonderful. RM, how do people get in-person shadowing? I'm told it's illegal to shadow when I request. I have virtual shadowing. Okay, first of all, are you in Canada, is, RM? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, RM, I don't know where you are, but um, I think there's is, one province in Canada where it is illegal. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that. Wow, maybe, okay. maybe so. I, I don't know, RM, if you're in Canada or not, but in the United States, in general, it is not illegal. I think sometimes. You know, my experience with uh, with clinics, especially not hospitals generally, but with clinics and doctor's offices is if they don't want to deal with it, if they don't want to deal with you or with this process at all, then they say something like it's illegal or all oh, HIPAA won't allow us to do that. You know, yeah. so they just use that as a way to kind of fluff it off and, and get rid of you. And so, yeah. so RM says I'm in the U.S. So I, I do not think that's applicable. Uh, RM, yeah. that's a that's a kind of a fits in the BS category. <laughs> yeah, just move on. Go go, yeah. go call else. someone else. Yeah. Um, you might. Go ahead, Bernie. Sorry, no. I was just yeah. going to suggest you might have to start out volunteering somewhere if they are willing to take you on as a volunteer mm -hmm. at a clinic or a hospital, and then that kind of gives you opens the door for you to potentially have an opportunity once they get to know you mm -hmm. to invite you to shadow. I think a lot mm -hmm. of times offices are nervous to let anyone in, um, mm -hmm. but but maybe start there. Yeah, start looking into volunteering opportunities. And that might open more doors for you. Yeah. And I would say a couple of th more things about this, RM, because we get this question a lot mm -hmm. uh, about shadowing and trying to find shadowing opportunities. If, you know, first of all, network. If mm -hmm. you have anyone that is in healthcare at all, doesn't yeah. have to be a doctor, but in healthcare at all, if they're a nurse, a PA, or a physical therapist, or whatever, try to use them and network with people that they know. Uh, doctors that they are familiar with, that they can connect you with, use the networking process. If you don't know anybody like that and you're having to just kind of cold call, my suggestion is do it in person. Go to the offices. You know, it takes effort, but go to the offices, uh, take a resume with you, kind of a, a one page resume that says, here's who I am and here's what I'm looking for. And here's where I go to school and whatever. Yep. And uh, and then also tell them that you're willing to do whatever. Uh, if they'll let you shadow, if 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 they will let you shadow, then you're willing to, you know, answer the phone or you'll take out the trash or you'll sweep the floor <laughs> or whatever, you know, that you're willing to also help them out if they'll help you out. Yeah. And uh, I had a student yesterday that I was working with who did that very thing, went to clinics and uh, in, is ended up. He's not uh, he's not going to get a shadowing opportunity. He got a medical assistant job yeah. instead. Nice. And uh, and they're going to train him. They're going to do everything. And uh, so it just turned out to be a super fantastic thing for uh, for that particular student. But it takes a lot of effort. And uh, but, uh, you know, you you can you can find them that they, they, there are doctors out there who will uh, be uh, sympathetic to your situation. Yeah. So two two other thoughts there. Um, HIPAA training dot com. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not affiliated with them. Uh, I've talked to the, the people that run it before. Um, it, a lot of med schools use it as their training platform for HIPAA. Go there. It's like 20 bucks. You can get HIPAA certified mm -hmm. that that removes one. Uh, yep. one, 
what do you call that objection from, from the office? Yep. Be like, oh, yep. HIPAA is an issue. Like, yep. oh, look, I'm already HIPAA certified. Yep. <laughs> um, so you, you could potentially do that. And then uh, in terms of networking, another thought is um, your family's doctor. So mm-hmm. like one of the first person that, that I like officially shadowed after my first round of, of rejection from med school was my mom's orthopedic surgeon. She, she had a doctor's appointment. She's like, hey, my son's trying to get into medical school. Do you allow students to shadow? And they're like, yeah, sure. Um, and so that, that's who I shadowed for a long time. Yep. And then your own physician, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, whether, whether you're in, uh, we always joke uh, around um, when, when students talk about this, be like, oh, I'm going to shadow my gynecologist. So I'm like, I hope you didn't ask like during an exam, like, Hey, why, why you're there? Uh, can I shadow you? Um, and it's so funny because it, it, it happens all the time. Like it, and it's, it's right. silly, but, but yeah. women are like, I'm, I, I, I asked my gynecologist and they said, yes, like yeah. ask your doctors um, yeah. because, because they already have a relationship with you. They know you better than mm-hmm. just someone coming off the street or in a phone call going, Hey, can I shadow you? Um, so that's exactly. a, a good opportunity yeah. as well. Take yeah. grandma to the doctor. Yeah. Talk there to her go. doctor. The doctor. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that, those are great, uh, great, uh, uh pointers, uh, uh, Ryan get hippified number one. <laughs> and, uh, the number two, ask your own doctor. Hippified, not in the cool and hip way, yeah. but the hippo way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hippified. All right. Another question. Sonia, is 24 credits of a post-bac GPA of 3.8 and an overall science of 3.03 a good place to apply, or would you encourage more credits to prove academic capabilities? I mean, this is a very good, very good question, as, as all of these have been so, so far. And uh, what I would say here is that, uh, to me, uh, honestly, Sonia, I think 24 credits sounds a little low to me. Um, I think that's great. As long as they're all science credits, it's certainly going in the right direction. Um, I would say the more that you have, the more uh, credibility you're going to have with the medical schools. Uh, I typically suggest somewhere between 35 and 40 hours of all science, hard science uh, credits um, for, uh, to, 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 to make the contention, uh, that this is a, this is a real thing for you. Uh, so, um, uh, I would say, you know, kind of think about that. I'm not saying don't apply with 24 credits. I'm not saying that that won't get you where you want to go, but I'm saying in best, you know, you know, my experience suggests that the the more you have, the better. And I, I kind of like the, the idea of the upper thirties or uh, approaching 40 as a, as a, as a kind of a, a benchmark. So think about that. Think about that. Agreed. All right. Um, Alex, any tips for writing a letter of intent? Should I include updates to activities in this letter as well? Thank you, Ryan. This is a question we get a lot about letters of intent, letters, of, uh, update letters, stuff like that. What are your thoughts about uh, about these kinds of letters? Um. So. I think the letters work better just in general if you have an acceptance because it looks like it's less out of desperation. <laughs> like, I want to come to you, please. I, I don't have any other place to go. Um, if you have an acceptance already, you can say, hey, 
uh, thank you, especially post-interview, right? Letters of intent are definitely post-interview right. uh, letters. Um, letting them know, I want to come to your school. I do have another acceptance, which I'm grateful for, blah, blah, blah. Um, and here's why I want to come to your school. Short, sweet, to the point. Uh, these people don't have a lot of time. And uh, they, may, they may read it. They may just throw it in your file. So um, make, it, make it short and sweet. Um, combining it with updates to activities, I don't think you need to unless there's really something super glaring. They obviously, again, hopefully it's, this is post-interview. They've interviewed you. They like you. Um, so I don't think you really need updates to activities unless there was something super glaring or maybe it came up during the interview. Like, hey, what's going on here? And you can, you can potentially post an update there. But mm -hmm. yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I, I would add to that, that when we, when we talk about letters, what we're generally talking about here is emails, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sending a physical letter. I mean, you can do that, but I think an email is sufficient. And, uh, for most of these schools and, uh, and the key here is short and to the point, if they have to scroll too much, it's not mm -hmm. going to be good. Yeah. So short, sweet, get it over with, get to the point and, and end it. Yeah. And one, one click, click, one quick clarification. Uh, Dr. Wright, you just mentioned emails, emails slash follow whatever the rules are for that school. Some schools don't want letters of intent. Right. Some schools will say we'll accept a letter of intent, but it has to be through our portal. So just make sure you're following the rules of right. the school. But yeah, I, I had one student good, once good overnight point. a FedEx uh, uh, letter, and and they, they got an interview and was accepted ultimately. Oh, wow. but it was it was wow. it was like more very super official, like overnight yeah. FedEx. Well, back in the day, back in my day, <laughs> click, click, I will click, say, click, 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 yeah, click, right. Click. I, I will say, shut up. <laughs> I was. <will, laughs> I did I not use a, a typewriter. A chisel on stone. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Form. <laughs> so, back in the day, I remember one student who sent his letter of intent was this sort of it's hard to describe, but for lack of a better word, it was a magazine that he had created all about himself. It was four pages long. It was this folded thing. It had photographs, it had stories. It was, what, was like it? a magazine all about him. At least it wasn't like a calendar or like a firefighter calendar. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't a firefighter calendar. No, 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 no. Be like, I am January through yeah, December. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, hopefully that's helpful, Alex, uh, even though we uh, sort of veered off. Uh, the, <laughs> do you know what happened to that candidate? I do not. I do not. I do not remember. I, I, I don't recall what, what happened with that candidate. I mean, that he, he sent that. Um, it FedExed it to us and uh, it was color, you know, printed on color printer or whatever. And That's everything awesome. it was really fancy and, and yeah. it was very impressive, but it was a little over the top. So yeah. <laughs> it was a little, speaking of desperation. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, moving right along. If only um, they put that effort into their grades. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Bruce Taylor, Bruce, what is clinical experience really? Shadowing versus labs versus front office scheduling and follow-ups. Uh, this is a good question. Here it is. Uh, we get this a lot. What is clinical? Uh, Verinia, uh, sure. tell us what take a stab this at it. means. It sounds, it sounds like Bruce is angry. Like, what right? is it really? Yeah. <sighs> 
I hear you, Bruce. <laughs> I hear the frustration. Um, so clinical experiences, any opportunity in which you are impacting another person and directly impacting their health care um, through some way. So you're either caring for their needs as a um, like a home health attendant or you're a phlebotomist taking blood samples, things like that. You're directly impacting their health in some way. So that rules out shadowing that rules out front office scheduling. Um, you're not directly involved with the patient in that sen- in that scenario, right? You're you're shadowing that you're just observing the doctor, admin admin stuff like scheduling appointments. You're not involved with the patient, so that's how we define clinical. Any opportunity where you're hands on, um, what is it that Ryan says? If you can smell the patient, um, it's probably patient care. <laughs> probably clinical and it doesn't mean i had one person one time was like that's so condescending to patients i'm like i didn't say they smelled bad i'm like you smell them like you walk into the house and your house smells because someone's cooking like exactly (sighs) you're close Um, yes anyway we're not being condescending to patients with that statement right just you're you're caring for their health in some way you're impacting their health yeah. So the things we think about, right? EMT, phlebotomy, mm-hmm. CNA, MA, mm-hmm. uh, ER tech, surgical tech, um, hospice care mm-hmm. are, are all great. Nursing things. home, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Nursing home. It, it all it all depends on what it is. Um, there was a question recently of, "Hey, I'm a veterinarian and I want to go to med school now. Mm-hmm. Is this clinical experience?" Yeah. Right. You're taking care of animals. It's clinical experience and you need some human clinical experience too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. thing. Physical therapy. Like if you're a PT assistant mm-hmm. in dentistry, um, dentist, mm-hmm. definitely dentistry. Like those are, those are clinical experiences. Again, assuming mm-hmm. you are doing things, interacting with the patient. And if you're saying you want to go to med school, make sure you have other stuff too. Mm-hmm. There's some question about physical therapy aids. If that's considered clinical, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah, I would yep. say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I would say too, Bruce, that what I think so, uh, often you will find with uh, clinical experiences, especially in a in a uh, small practice or a clinic type setting, is that you may be doing a variety of things. Some of which would be clinical, and others of which would be more administrative. And so you have to tease that out in the application mm-hmm. in the activities description and say, well, you know, I did X, Y, and Z. Uh, I also did, uh, you know, A, B, and C. Uh, about 50% of my time was spent in clinical setting, doing clinical work with the patients, and 50% of my time was more administrative. So it, it would not be unusual for there to be a mixture uh, of things, especially in a, like I said, a small practice mm-hmm. or a, a clinical uh, type yeah. setting. So that's just something that you'll have to be aware of and, and make note of in the application. Hopefully that's helpful, Bruce. All right, moving right along. Uh, Deandra. Uh, hi, just received my first, I guess that's an interview, interview invite. Yeah. 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 Awesome, Deandra, that's so cool. What are your recommendations for multiple applicant interview format? Yeah, this is a good question. This might be my only chance. Ryan, we, we, we're, we're seeing this, it seems like more and more uh, these days where they're having group interviews or panel type interviews where there are multiple applicants with an interviewer or multiple interviewers with multiple yeah. applicants. Um, 
what are your thoughts with regard to how does a student prepare for this kind of uh, thing and, and how do they behave in the midst of this yeah. to, to sort of balance things out? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've I've seen a few different formats mm-hmm. of multiple acceptance, uh, multiple applicant interviews mm-hmm. to where the student potentially is either in a situation where they are asked to perform as a group mm-hmm. where it's like, Hey, here's this situation. Like you have five minutes, figure it out. And then, and then come talk to us. Um, it, it may be a situation where the, the, interviewer or interviewers is asking one question to everyone and everyone has to give their answer to that same question. Or it could be a format of we're just in a group, but it's one-on-one interviews and you're going to hear other people. So it's like Mm -hmm. student one gets this question, student two gets this question, student three gets another question. So there's those three different types of formats. Mm -hmm. The first two formats the general advice that I give is you don't want to be the alpha and you don't want to be the sheep, meaning you don't want to be the one that is controlling and takes over and dominates everyone else. Right. And a lot of students think that's how they have to behave because the doctor is the leader of the healthcare team. Like leader doesn't mean you're a bossy boss. Right. right. <laughs> As I tell my daughter all the time, like stop being a bossy boss. Um, a leader, a leader is someone who is there to serve everyone else on their team. The the sheep part of it is again you you don't want to be the quiet one who doesn't participate who doesn't look engaged and so you really have to read the room and understand who the other people you're with what roles they're going to take on and and what's going on and it doesn't mean you don't speak up it doesn't mean you don't say hey let's let's try to organize here who wants to think about this who wants to think about that you can take those roles that's not being an alpha um, and so you just have to work through in that setting. Yeah, in a group, a group kind of working way. If it's a situation, the second one that I mentioned, where it's the same question to everyone and everyone gets a chance to answer, sometimes they'll pick on you to go, okay, we're just going to go down the line. Sometimes they'll just leave it open and you have to like go, okay, I guess I'll answer now. My general response to that is like my, my response is for everything. My advice is for everything in the interview prep is treat it like real life. Mm-hmm. don't ignore the people that you're right. with. Don't right. ignore the other answers that have been given. Be like, oh, I really like what, what Johnny said about this. I think I would actually think about it a little bit differently because of X, Y, or Z, right? Use their responses and, and recognize them mm-hmm. and appreciate them and disagree mm-hmm. with them sometimes uh, mm-hmm. if, if you need to. Uh, and then the third one is just a standard one-on-one interview. You just right. <laughs> you right. happen to be with other people. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I find these that I, I think medical schools are going to not not necessarily the group exercise thing. I think that's maybe not as normal. I, I think some schools do that, uh, but the m- multiple applicants with an interviewer, they're doing this because it saves them logistically mm-hmm. time and mm-hmm. effort and in in human resource. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that you know schools, it, you know the uh, interview process is incredibly time consuming uh, and very uh, human resource intensive, 
And so uh, I think that's probably why this is happening more and more often. Uh, but hopefully that's, uh, Deandra, uh, helpful to you. Good luck on in your interviews. Mm -hmm. uh, let us know, you know, uh, keep us posted on how, how it goes. We'll be, we'll be uh, rooting for you. Yeah. And if you want to do a mock interview with one yeah. of our yeah. team yeah, members, know. You, go. you can go to medicalschoolhq.net, click on the advising tab, go to the mock interviews, and you can see our schedule before you book. Yep. 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 All right. Another one. I think we've got a few we more. Time. Yeah. We got about 10 minutes uh, yeah. or another, another. Uh, I see a nice one here. I can put let's do oh. this one. Okay. Uh, Vincent, uh, why do Caribbean medical schools traditionally get a bad rap? <laughs> Their websites claim a high match rate, but people uh -huh. state otherwise. Example, uh, St. George's. Yep. Ryan, this is a, a very good question. And, mm -hmm. you know, one that I think is, is applicable to, to, to students, that, especially those that are considering uh, uh, Caribbean medical schools or medical school outside the U.S. Yep. Um, can you talk a little bit about what Caribbean medical schools being for-profit institutions, yep. uh, a variety of, of things related to that. Talk a little bit about kind of what's going on here. <laughs> so for, right off the bat, right, for-profit status to me doesn't mean anything, um, right? Uh, as as Uncle Ben says in Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. You can be for-profit like we are. We're a for-profit organization, and I think we're doing some good. Mm -hmm. There are nonprofit organizations through the medical school uh, world. Um, there are associations in America uh, that work with medical colleges um, that are nonprofit that are a little more evil. Um, yeah. And so the, the for-profit nonprofit to me is, is less of a concern. We have for-profit schools in the U.S., for-profit medical schools that are great medical schools that are doing uh, amazing things. With that said um, – there are several Caribbean medical schools that uh, at least one that I know of that is undergoing some some issues legally with their claims. The, the problem with the claims and and I will say that uh, undergraduate institutions do this as well. Pre-health yep. offices do this as well. Yep. They will say, hey, 95 percent of the, the pre-med students that we work with get into med school. And what they don't tell you is that it's the pre-health office is saying 95% of the students that we agreed to work with uh, are, are getting into med school. The other students, they were like, oh, we're not going to work with you because of your GPA staff or because or whatever, of your whatever. Right. Um, and so it's a very – there's a huge selection bias there. And that's what's happening with Caribbean medical schools in terms of their acceptance rates uh, or, or rather their, their – typically the, the claim is – um, board pass rates. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Is, is, Hey, 95% of our students pass USMLE step one, step two, whatever, first time they take it. What they're not telling you is that, and this is well known, but it's just not well publicized is that they are giving basically practice tests to students. And if students aren't scoring high enough on practice tests, the school will not let them sit for their board exams. And so, again, if you don't let a student sit for the board exams, they're not going to count against you if they're not going to pass. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of selection bias mm -hmm. there going on. Now, in terms of the match rate itself, I'm not sure how you game that uh, because that's public information. You, you know if a student matches or not. My question would be, uh, are they 
pulling out of the match, right? If, if a student, uh, one of the Caribbean medical students applies, doesn't get any interviews, then they're obviously not going to match. Do they just don't submit a rank list? And is that not counting? Are they, are, how are they cooking the books, so to speak, mm-hmm. in, in that mm-hmm. way? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Caribbean medical schools are fantastic for the right person. They, the education that you get is not substandard. You come out of a Caribbean medical school with all of the knowledge that you need to be an amazing physician here in the U.S. Because at the end of the day, it's your individual contribution and effort that goes into being a good medical student, whether you're in the Caribbean or you're in the U.S., Right? You can get into a U.S. school and be lazy and get kicked out. You can go to Caribbean school and be lazy and get kicked out. Um, and so I, I have worked with side by side. I know plenty of amazing Caribbean grads who yes. are doing great things, whose careers are not limited by what they're doing. And mm-hmm. there are students who go to the Caribbean that shouldn't be in medical school mm-hmm. uh, yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say yet. Yeah. So. That's, yeah. that's the answer. Yeah, and, and I would just add to that, too, two things, uh, Vincent. One is that what you see in uh, many of the Caribbean medical schools is that the attrition rate is much higher yep. than in U.S. medical schools. And what I mean by that is students that come into the medical school that end up leaving, either they get kicked out or they leave for their own uh, of their own volition or whatever, but they – the attrition rate for for most U.S. medical schools is you know pretty low is is you know sometimes two percent two percent three percent and uh, and Caribbean medical schools can 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 get into the double digits pretty easily mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's the one thing and then the other thing I would add to that is not all Caribbean medical schools are the same. Yep. Uh, and uh, there are some that I think uh, I have a great deal of confidence in that have been around for many years, decades, yep. and have a good system. And there are others that are kind of just starting and you don't really know what's going on. And mm-hmm. we hear horror stories about yep. uh, about some of those. So be careful, do your homework and, and look at it uh, with uh, with you know a really uh, good eyes and, and good ears and, and really do your homework. So. Yeah. So typically what we tell students is, is Google the big four uh, for Caribbean medical schools and you'll, you'll see the list there. I I had a conversation with, I'm 99% sure it was a St. George rep at a conference. And, and he asked me because he he knew the podcast and all the stuff that, that we do here. And he asked me, he's like, what is your, what is your stance on Caribbean med schools? And I was like, my general saying is a student shouldn't go to a Caribbean medical school unless they have to go to a Caribbean medical school, Mm -hmm. meaning, Apply to the U.S. once, twice, three times. And then if there's just something in your application that, that's holding you back, uh, which is very, very rare, then go to a Caribbean medical school. I typically find that most students who are going to Caribbean medical schools are trying to get through this process fast. And they're, they're not willing to or sometimes can't um, because of finances or other reasons can't wait um, to improve an application mm-hmm. And so they, mm-hmm. they jump to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, let's do one more and uh, then we'll end it for the day. We got one more, uh, Carly, or maybe not. 
Okay. Avocado. I love avocados. Good, healthy fat. Yummy. (laughs) Any advice for someone in their third application cycle with no interview invite so far? Waitlisted before. My MCAT is expiring for the next cycle, so I'm studying for retake. First was 508. Thank you. Verenia, this is a, you know, this is a, a story that we, we see sometimes that, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who's gone through multiple cycles, who has not been successful yet. What are you, what is your advice for somebody in this, in this situation? Go to a Caribbean school. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this potentially is the perfect yeah, kidding. Yeah. I'm yeah. kidding, Avocado. I'm sorry to, to kid at your expense. Um, it's frustrating, right? And we can't really give much like very specific advice based on this information, I would encourage you sign up for a free map to count, enter in all your information so we can take a look at it and give you some feedback um, on potential things that we might see that maybe you haven't addressed. I don't know if you've, how you've been addressing, how you've been identifying the weakness weaknesses in your application. And if you've been addressing those, we don't, we don't, we don't know that based on this, um, but as Dr. Gray was just saying, you know, you really want to keep trying. If this is your mission, if this is your your goal in life, and this is your mission, this is what you want to do. Hold on to that. Keep trying. Um, there's a lot that could be potentially addressed. Maybe it's your writing. Maybe it's the MCAT. Maybe it's your grades. We have to see all of that to really give you some solid advice. Um, so sign up for a map to count. We'd be happy to help you out. I'll I'll one up. Uh, avocado email me your application directly oh, okay. ryan at maps.com i'll take a look at it and and i i love looking at applications like this my assumption and scott maybe you, you can challenge me on this my assumption again students like this third application cycle no interview invites there's something glaringly mm-hmm. obvious on this application mm-hmm. right yeah. yep yeah. yep that the yep. student just yep. doesn't know about hasn't that. been told about yep so yeah, yeah. Email me the application. I agree. Yeah. I'll keep it private. Yeah. I won't, I won't so post it anywhere. Re- repeat that. Repeat your uh, email address, Ryan, please. Ryan at map.com. M-A-P-P-D.com. Ryan at map.com. Good. Avocado, good luck to you. I hope. Yeah, I hope that uh, we can we can help you out a little bit, and thank you, Ryan, for for your willingness to do yeah. that. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of another exciting hour of pre med office hours. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be with you today. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for all the support that you offer to us, and and we we always enjoy being here. I think I say for all of us that this is one of our favorite activities of the week uh, is when we're here to, to meet with you guys and answer the questions and, and interact. Uh, uh, we love, we love interacting with each other. As you can tell, we laugh all the time. And uh, so it's a, it's a lot of fun, but good luck to all of you and uh, meet us here again next week. Same bat time, same bat <laughs> channel, same bat everything. And so, yep. uh, if you don't understand that, then you're not old enough. So, <laughs> so but thank Goodbye, you for everyone. being here. And we'll uh, This is Dr. Gray again, closing out. I hope you learned something from our session today. If you haven't yet checked out Mapped, I invite you to try it for free for two weeks by going to mapped.com slash podcast. Track and navigate your journey to medical school using the only tool like it for pre-meds. We'll see you next week here on Ask the Dean.